Um, and I remember my interview clearly. They tell you not to cry. I did the total opposite. I you cried. Did? <laughs> I oh totally my gosh. cried. Welcome to Eyes Up, a podcast that champions representation, where we see you and give you insight on what the future of your career can look like. I'm your host, Dr. Damaris Raimondi, and we have a guest today. She got her bachelor's at Salem State, attended Howard University College of Dentistry, where she came in second in her class. Yes, folks, we got a dentist on the show today. And she was also named Boston Magazine's top dentist. Everyone, give it up for Dr. Melissa Torres. Yay! (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) That was like the best intro. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yay, we're happy to have you on. And I'm hoping that for you, my listeners, today we can show all of you that there is no such thing as being behind and that if you haven't heard your journey be celebrated before, you will get to hear that today. So yeah, and let's just get right into it. I love asking about childhood and elementary school and all that. Well, let's see. I I hope I didn't give you your answer away, but what was your favorite grade growing up? This one's a hard one. Um, K to 12. K to 12. K to 12. Okay. So I feel like I started really loving school when I went to high school. So I attended a vocational high school where a week of there's a week of trade and then a week of academics. And of course, that's where my dental journey kind of started. Um, (laughs) What I started to pick up in high school, I took up the dental assisting trade. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, that's so cool. I loved high school as well. Wasn't it the best? It was the best, for sure. Oh wait, where did you grow up? I grew up in Chelsea, Mass, which is predominantly Latino, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was really nice. Um, and then my first job was actually in Chelsea, where I would work as a dental assistant with like predominantly the Latino community, which was really nice as well, like giving back. And that's when I kind of knew I was like, this is definitely something I wanted in to do. In high grow. school. You were there. In high school. I was oh, wow. 15 years old when I first started working as a dental assistant. Your first job was a dental assistant. First job. Oh yep. my gosh. That's so amazing. Like yes. to be able to give back at such a young age. And I have not been to Massachusetts at all, but you're going to have to show me around once everything yes. opens up more. 100%, I'm coming. 100%. <laughs> 100%. All right. So Massachusetts, you know, you spent your time locally, similar to me. I've like never left any of the five boroughs well Queens and Manhattan that's it but yeah so where do you draw your background from like where are your parents from and how do you identify my mom is Honduran my dad is Costa Rican they both grew up in their countries so Hmm. my dad is actually half Costa Rican half Asian from like his dad is from China uh this is insane so my grandpa like his whole family like migrated over to Costa Rica. So they're like Chinese Costa Rican. So they look Asian, but Do they speak. They speak Chinese, but they uh-huh. also speak Spanish. Fluent Spanish, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a common thing where like I never met my grandfather, but it's very common for like any type of Asian family that goes to like a Spanish country that they speak their native language like Chinese or Vietnamese. Mm-hmm in the home 
And then outside of that, they speak just fluent Spanish. So that's very common. As I've aged, I've learned to embrace that I am multiple cultures Mm -hmm. and that my family comes from multiple different countries, you know, and continents. Speaking about your parents, what did they do when you were growing up? Because on Eyes Up, we celebrate all our parents' hard work. When I look at my journey, I, I look at my dad and I look at my mom and like all their hard work that they did to get me like to where I am today. Um, so my dad growing up, I'd say we were pretty well off um, in the sense that we lived in a low income area. However, my dad was very, my dad is very frugal. Um, he invested into a wallpaper company at the time when we were growing up. So he was like part owner, owner of the wallpaper company. But then the wallpaper company went bankrupt. And so didn't like our family almost went bankrupt. So mm-hmm. things kind of went downhill, like at that aspect. My dad ended up losing his job, losing part of the company, and then He ended up actually working as a custodian at my high school. So I think high school was kind of rough, too, because like, although it was like an upside, my dad was like a custodian at my high school. And like, you know, students knew that as well. So now that I reflect upon it, I think my dad took pride in what he did and he made it work. He worked very hard as a custodian he supplied food, um, you know, a house over our head for a family of, what is it, one, two, it was like six of us, mm. you know. Um, that's a little bit about my parents. And I absolutely love my parents because um, they yeah. work so hard, you know. And it's. Yeah, and you see that. And mm-hmm. I see that. And like now I'm working hard because I want to be able to give that back to them. And that takes us right back to uh, this very interesting, I find very interesting time in your life in high school. So I love that this was your first job as in high school as a dental assistant. Mm -hmm. And this all started in 2003. So walk us through this time in your life, because once you graduated high school, you stayed on as a dental assistant. This was kind of like me going back and forth, actually, because you know, growing up in a Latino community, um, Latino family, right, as we know that like a parents like want you there all the time. So they don't want you to leave the house, they want you to stay with them. Like, that's the way my parents were. So going from high school, I already knew in high school, I wanted to be a dentist. Um, you knew it, you knew you wanted to go to dental school. I already knew I wanted to go to dental school. Okay. The doubts that I had in my mind was financially, how am I going to make that happen? Um, my grades weren't that great and I didn't really have any guidance or any like mentors at the time to kind of guide me through. The only thing I had was my teacher, which was my dental assistant teacher who was hard on me, but her experience was mainly like, you know, becoming a dental assistant or becoming a hygienist, which is basically a person like in the dental team that focuses on oral health care, like by cleaning teeth. And I knew I didn't want to be a hygienist. I knew I wanted to be a dentist. So I, my parents had no idea. My sisters had no idea. None of my sisters at the time had graduated from a four-year college. I think they were doing their associate's degree. So I was just trying to navigate and trying to figure out what are the next steps. So in high school, because I was doubting myself and I was creating self-doubt, um, what I did was 
I applied to hygiene schools. I applied to a couple of different hygiene schools and I applied to a four-year college. And I was like, well, I'm going to have a backup system because you could still go to hygiene school and then do dental school Mm -hmm. afterwards. Or I could just go straight to a four-year program and then apply to dental school. And then I also, because I was like so confused, I also applied to become a vocational high school teacher to teach dental assisting. So I had like multiple plans in case something didn't work out because I wasn't sure if I would be able to get into a four-year and I wasn't sure if I would be able to become a dentist. So the vocational high school, I had an interview that didn't work out. They didn't hire me. So I was like, okay, that's X'd off my list. I applied to hygiene schools. I didn't get accepted to any single one of them. This was like definitely hurting my ego and hurting my everything. And I was like, okay, well, now I'm not accepted to hygiene school. Like, is dentistry really meant for me? Am I really going to be a dentist? I was waitlisted at the hygiene schools. And then, of course, I got into the four-year Salem State program. So at that time, I was like, hey, Melissa, like, get over yourself. Like, you're meant to be a dentist. That's the reason why you got into the four-year program. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going to Salem State with the intention of going to dental school. I researched it and I was like, okay, well, I need X, Y, and Z. I need a prerequisite. I ended up majoring in bio and minor in chemistry and tried to execute all my prerequisites in order to get into dental school. I continued to work as a dental assistant throughout college. I remember finishing college. I didn't finish in four years. I finished in five. And I thought that was, I was like, hey, I got to do what I got to do. Um, and then I took a two year, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say two year growth period after I finished college. And I just worked as an oral surgeon's assistant for those two years. During those two years, <laughs> I was preparing for the dental emissions test, which is known as the DATS. Okay. So you had that in, in the, in the back burner, so to speak, kind of. Yes. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to continue working right. as a dental assistant for those two years after college. Um, and I took the DATs a couple of times. <laughs> um, so you're you're allowed to take it up to three times. And after the third time, you need special permission. Um, and competitive, like, DAT scores, like, you want, like, a 20 or above. And then there's an average between each one, which I'm, I'm sure that's how the OATs are, too, right? Yeah, the OATs are, are the cousins of the DAT, for yes. sure. Um, so, again... My grades in in college weren't that great. My grades for the DAT were also not that great. Um, I would say, like, the first time I took it, I got a 12. And I was, like, really discouraged. And that's the reason why I took that two-year gap period or the growth period, I should say. And then the second time I took it, I think I got, like, a 16 or a 17. And I was like, you know what? This is is it. This is going to be – this is what it is. Um, It's not the greatest but I have confidence that I'm going to make it into dental school. And I think at that point, it was just like all mental at that point. It was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get through it. I know I'm going to do this. This is my passion. I'm going to make it happen. I applied through New England. So I didn't go too far. The furthest I applied was DC, but I applied to like Connecticut, um, Massachusetts, and I believe Maine at the time because I knew my family and my dad would like literally go crazy if I was too far. (laughs) Like 
my dad was already telling mm-hmm. me like I don't want you to go away I just want you to stay in Massachusetts it's going to be cheaper I want you to be nearby you've never left the house before and I got rejected I got rejected from UConn I got rejected from basically BU all of the local New England um, ones the one that I got like uh, interview was Howard Howard in DC and I was like oh man this is insane I was like, I have to go. So obviously I went, I got my, you know, I got accepted. As soon as I got, I just went up, my grades went up, everything. It was just insane. Um, however, on everything the, turned around, just everything turned around. Like I just, it was like, it was meant to be everything that I mm-hmm. went through, like all the different paths, all the different rejections, it was meant to happen in order for me to be where I was, you know, in 2011, when I got that letter of acceptance from Howard. Um, And I remember my interview clearly. They tell you not to cry. I did the total opposite. I cried. (laughs) I totally cried. Why did you cry? I knew if I didn't get that, like, that deal right there, like, I knew if I didn't get them in the interview, like, I was never gonna probably get into dental school because of my grades, right? Mm -hmm. So, I just remember talking and I remember talking about like just my life. So when they were interviewing me and as I was, I was telling my story, I just kind of like broke down. I was like, this is what I want. Like, I know I'll do it. Like I know, you know, my grades aren't that great, but I know that I will execute and I know this is what I'm meant to be. And this is my passion, my interview, like myself and like the, the college or the university, we just like kind of meshed well together. And they saw that they knew that I was very passionate about it. And they knew that I was like, I wasn't BSing, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I was the real deal. So I mean, I got my letter of acceptance. Yeah, they like basically, told, walk, yeah, they basically told me in the interview, like, you're accepted. So I was like, okay, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, same day acceptance. Yeah, I was like, Oh, my God, this is crazy. Well, that was my question for you, too. Because, you know, as you mentioned before, you worked many years in the dental industry and you answered my question because I was wondering how did you get out of that assistant role because a lot of black and latinx young folks they get stuck in that they're in that position and they kind of stay there but in your case you were always trying somehow in in the background it was always like one DAT or another is that is that what you would say was what like one of your biggest roadblocks because that's what I see like how, what would you tell someone who's, who feels like they're stuck in that assistant role? Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's one of the things too, like that after dental school, after I completed dental school and even during dental school, like I went back and I spoke to the high school students at where I went to high school oh, with uh-huh. just to kind of give them like, it's okay if you want to be a dental assistant, it's okay if you want to be a hygienist. And it's, you know, okay, if you want to be a dentist, I just think that you need to know where your end, your end goal is. So if you want to be a dentist, I don't think you should be complacent where you are, whether that the hygiene program, or if you're a dental assistant, you have to take the leap and you have to get out of that comfort zone. And if you need help, ask for it. I think that's one of the things that kind of got me going is like I need help like I need help studying for the DAT I sought help um I need help with all of this with the application process I sought help I needed help with my personal statement I sought help if you're scared and if you're 
you know, fearful of doing something, then you know you're doing something right because you're stepping out of that comfort zone and you're growing. These words still apply to us even now, a few years out in our careers. That's I'm giving you a standing ovation right now. You got to ask for help. And we always say that on, on the Eyes Up podcast, too. That's the only way. But you also got to see it to be it. And that's incredible that you felt compelled to go back to where you started and give back. A hundred percent. And obviously, our parents are going to want the best for us. Mm. And I, I would say, you know, I love my parents. But if it were for my parents, they would want me here. And you're reading my mind this is like what what I was wondering (laughs) next like yeah so how did your parents take this because I don't they might not exactly know either like they want the best for us no like they didn't get it then they get it now but they didn't get it then and the first thing I'm not even lying like my dad's like you're gonna die if you go to DC by yourself oh my god crazy Um, and I was like dad seriously I'm gonna be fine and I think he realized it then that like he knew I was gonna be fine but he was just so concerned about like my safety he was concerned how I was gonna eat and it was just one of those things that like I had to like put my foot down and I had to like march out of the house because it was the first time that I ever moved out of the house And, you know, at the end of the day, he, like, was mad. And I think my mom was definitely more supportive. Like, she was crying and she was, like, sad Mm -hmm. that I was doing it. But she knew that was, like, my dream. Whereas my dad was, like, more upset, um, I think, because, like, fearful that, like, I was going to be okay. Also fearful that his baby girl was moving, like, hundreds of miles away to D.C. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, he packed up the U-Haul with me. He drove me down to D.C., And here we are. I'm okay. I'm still alive. I'm not dead. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But why does your dad say the same thing that mine did? Like he he still says that because I don't know. We were like with the pandemic, we're like, okay, let's keep our options open and not be so close-minded because I want to live in New York forever. But I'm like, okay, let's be realistic. What if we have to, and I told my parents, like, what if we have to move to Connecticut? And the first thing my dad says is like, no, we're going to die. How is your dad saying the same thing? I literally was like, this is ridiculous. I I just thought it was. Why is that the conclusion? (laughs) Very exaggerating. Very like, oh, my God. I'm like, dad, I'm not going to die. I'm going to be okay. I like I only move like three train stops away, but it worked out. They're really <laughs> happy now. I guess I never really left either. I'm I still know. quite close. I totally get it. I'm not that far away from my parents either. <laughs> I'm still like I'm back for what was it after four years of dental school? I still I moved back to Massachusetts um, because I don't want to be away from my family either. Like I couldn't imagine living in a different state and not seeing my mom, my sisters, my dad. You know, oh, yeah, not having it be like a, a, a driver or a train few train stops exactly. away. Exactly. And I do want to cover a little bit of this dental knowledge because, like we both know, the entire body is connected in so many ways. And like I said earlier, I consider that dentists are the cousins of optometry. And I had like two questions for you or topics that we can like kind of talk about. So one thing that I know that I ask my patients about or rather that they complain about is like eye pain, right? And sometimes I'll do a complete eye exam looking at the whole anterior segment and posterior segment everything's great sometimes it might be a headache but every now and then I ask them like hey when was your last like dental exam 
And one thing that this connects to is the eye tooth connection and like having an, like an abscess tooth. Have you, how would you like seen this in clinic? A hundred percent. I see it more often than you think. What you'll mainly see is like a back upper tooth or like an eye tooth. Um, usually if a patient lets it go and it becomes like necrotic, which is also known the tooth dies, the infection has to go somewhere. So it usually perforates the bone. And then if it gets really bad, it can usually perforate like different spaces, like in the face or in the, you know, the neck or the face. Um, So if we're talking about like an eye tooth, it can go into what we call the canine space. Um, And what you normally see is sometimes obviously pain but you'll see some face swelling and then it usually like infraorbital swelling, like right underneath the eye. Um, Like rarely does it ever go to like the cavernous sinus in that case, but you can still Mm -hmm. see some eye swelling with that type of infection. And then you have other different types of infections, obviously like a back molar, um, an upper back molar. If that tooth becomes really infected, that can be really dangerous because it can go into different types of spaces at that point. And this space, it can go to the temporal space, um, which then can cause a whole bunch of slew, like a slew of different, like eye swelling. Um, it can cause like in severe deep infections, you can become blind in one eye. Is uh, the eye, the conjunctiva red as well? No, I mean, it doesn't, it can, it can get that bad. Oh, it's more like asymmetric swelling then. Yeah, like right underneath mm-hmm. the eye right underneath the eyelid, it gets really red and swollen. And then another topic is bacterial endocarditis. So the way that it shows up on the retina is that it's retinal hemorrhaging. So there's a lot of bleeding in the back of the eye. There might be some infarcts that looks like tiny cotton wool spots. And usually this is connected with uh, diabetes or high blood pressure. But when it's not in those cases, it could be bacterial endocarditis. And then we'd send over the patient for more evaluations. But what do you tell your patients about this disease and about prevention? We can't really diagnose it in the chair. We mainly try to, in the dental field, we mainly try to prevent like any type of bacteremia, which can then lead to um, IE, infective endocarditis. Um, So the main key is prevention. So patients who have severe gum disease, such as like periodontal disease, that's why we always like to see our patients every six months. Um, And then if you have periodontal disease, we like to see you every three months. And when patients don't, aren't compliant with that, what ends up happening is that it puts you at higher risk for bacteremia and it puts you at higher risk for infective endocarditis, even when you're brushing your teeth. That's how insane it is because you're pushing the bacteria and it can get into the bloodstream which is crazy. The other things is we pre-medicate our patients um, for any type of like, you know, heart valve replacement or any type of heart disease with regurgitation um, or any history of IE or infective endocarditis, um, bacterial endocarditis. We give like you normally give two grams of amoxicillin um, an hour before their appointment. So we try to prevent that as much as we can, but, it's, it's rare, but it can happen. Well, that's incredible. And my six-month follow-up is coming up. So everybody <laughs> has got to be going regularly to the dentist and like making sure things are good. A hundred percent. And ahora es nuestro segmento en español. Vamos a hablar un poquito más sobre la prevención, 
ah, de la prevención y vamos a aprender un poco más con la doctora Torres. A ver, doctora, ¿qué le gustaría a usted decir a nuestro público sobre la salud dental? ¿Hay algo que podemos dar como un recordatorio a nuestros oyentes? Um, quiero que la comunidad latina sepa que la salud dental es muy importante para prevenir infecciones dentales y otros problemas médicos. Um, la verdad es que es barato ver su, es bien barato ver su dentista cada seis meses en vez de esperar hasta cual, cuando algo mm. le duele, ¿verdad? Muy cierto, sí. <ríe> y también sabemos que nosotros como latinos estamos predispuestos a muchos problemas médicos y dentales. Tenemos que cuidarnos para, para poder cuidar a nuestras familias. Mis recomendaciones dentales es, obviamente, cepillarse dos veces al día. Un cepillo suave, no duro. So, cuando va a CVS o Walmart, compre una que dice soft bristle toothbrush, no una que dice medium o hard. No es bueno para las sencillas y no es bueno para los dientes tampoco. Um, también usar hilo dental un vez al día y visitar su dentista cada seis meses. Ah, y pregunta, no sé si es controversial o no, pero ¿cuál es su favorito paso dental? Ah, oh, de verdad, me gusta el, <laughs> me gusta el Colgate Sensitive. Okay. Oh, <laughs> mí, Sensitive, I haven't tried that one. A mí me gusta el Colgate Sensitive. Okay. Ay, muchísimas gracias por esas sugerencias, son tan importantes y me encanta el tema de que, you know, cuidando los dientes regularmente, le sale uno barato comparado sí, cuando hay problemas grandes. Ahí sí, ya no El bueno, y ¿cómo se dice? El bueno, el bonito, el barato. Sí. <laughs> <Los tres. laughs> Uh, muchas gracias por, por el segmento en español. Yay. Yay! Gracias. Now that you've been a few years out, what, has, what have things been like, you know, navigating your career and all that? When you get out of dental school, it's a completely different stress in the sense that, like, you're, you have a team to manage and to lead. You have patients that you have to take care of. Um, and you have patients that you have to, like, maintain and please in the sense. So you have a lot more on your plate as a dental professional in the beginning it was really stressful but now it's like it's kind of like autopilot like I know what I'm doing I'm I'm confident in my clinical skills um I'm getting better at managing my team I'm getting ben better at managing my patients and their expectations and I think that comes with time and I think that comes with experience and confidence Oh, for sure. The more time that you're in it, you just find better ways to communicate to the patient, right? Like what's going on and what the mm -hmm. treatment plan is and all that. I feel the same way. You know, now that I'm six years out about, it's like, yeah, just putting yeah. your patient first and then seeing how you can work completely around that. And how have you been able to distinguish yourself as a dentist? I realized that I don't have to do every procedure because every procedure I'm not really happy with. Like I realized that I'm really good at cosmetics and restorative so I like to focus my practice and my clinical skills around that and I find that I'm really good at it and I find that my patients love it too because I'm able to hone in on my skills and practice those skills to get better at those skills going into dentistry especially general dentistry you can do multiple different procedures but if you're not really good at them or I should say not really good at them but if you're not really happy doing those procedures like why put yourself through that Um, so in the beginning, when I first started working as a dentist, I would do like everything. I was doing root canals, extractions, you know, surgeries. And then I realized it's like, you know, this is too much and I'm not happy. So I started focusing in on more cosmetics and more restorative 
and I'm happy. And I've also learned that I don't have to work a crazy amount of hours, like five to six days a week, because it puts a lot of strain as a dentist. It puts a lot of strain on your upper, you know, your lower back, your upper, your upper back, your neck, right? The repetitive movements, the repetitive movements. And I learned that I'm happier working three to four days a week. Um, me too. Okay. Are you a carbon <laughs> copy of me? And I'm happy oh with God. it. Yes, you gotta be happy. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's all you have. The money will always come. Like for me, it's like you know, the money is there. Like you don't have to worry about that. I don't have to kill myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found a happy medium, and that is the happy medium. <laughs> that sounds like a wonderful medium. And yeah. yeah, as long as you can continue taking care of your patients and like you know keep it exciting keep it fun and that's all that matters I I feel the exact same way yes 100 Mm percent and is practice ownership in your future hmm I don't know no I'm just kidding (laughs) I'm thinking like just the type of person I am um the type of person I am I've always wanted to own a practice I've always wanted to be a business owner and I feel like I have that like entrepreneurial business acumen just because my dad used to like he used to run multiple real estate properties and he owned that company back in the day so I do see myself owning a practice maybe really soon you never know when the opportunity knocks it really (laughs) happens whenever and one thing that I was kind of uh, an idea that I that was rolling around in my brain and going back to identity and our backgrounds and stuff, I find that often we wait until we gain all of the knowledge before we take any action. Do you what do you think about that? Do you agree? Do you disagree? I feel like I need to know like every single like, OK, I need to figure out if this is the best decision for me. If you overthink, right? you're not going to make a decision. So (laughs) if you keep overthinking your decisions, you're just never going to make a decision. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's better to make a decision and just do it and just go for it. Go for it. Uh, I'm not telling you to take like uncalculated risks, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) but you know, sometimes it is okay to like make the decision, take the risk and just move forward because what I've learned is if you overthink too many things and you try to get all this information, sometimes you do no action. For sure. um, yeah, because then you get you get paralyzed by it and you're just like constantly making lists and then analysis mm-hmm. paralysis. Yeah, and, there you go. <laughs> and, you know, I've suffered from that. And I think throughout my journey and recently these past couple of months, I've like learned how to make decisions faster. Um, and just keep moving forward because the longer you stay on what you're trying to think and overthink and analyze, the longer you're going to be on that, you're not doing anything. You're just being paralyzed by that from that analysis and you're just sitting there doing nothing. And in conclusion, I'm going to delete that. I just wanted to say in conclusion, <laughs> what inspiring words would you tell a listener now who is unsure about taking a step? forward because of the time that it will take or the fact that they feel that they're behind no no never ever feel behind oh my god like there's just so many paths right like Mm -hmm. there are people that are starting their careers like I remember there was somebody in my school that was like age 40 starting dental school wow you know when I was like 26 and I thought 26 was old when I started dental school right don't you ever think like that you're behind the, the number one thing you don't want to do is like compare yourself to others because others have different paths. You know, you just never know what the other person went through to get to where they are today. 
So that's number one. Never compare yourself and don't you ever think you're behind because you're never behind. You just took a different path from somebody else. And if you really want to get it done, you will do it. The other thing is if you've been dying to do it, I tell people just do it. Stop complaining. Just do it. Just do the research. Do the work. It's not going to be easy. Don't let the hurdles um, take you down. There's going to be multiple challenges. There's going to be multiple roadblocks. It's just part of the process and you'll grow with it. I think it takes a lot of grit. It takes a lot of resilience um, to get where you want to be in life. Um, And you shouldn't let any of those factors um, take you down. If anything, it's going to help you grow to the person you're supposed to become and just own it. Own whoever you are. Oh, yes. Moving forward. And what I want you, my listener, to take from this episode is that your journey is unique and it's worth being celebrated. And that while you think that you are behind, there are people less qualified than you doing exactly what you want to do simply because they decided to take action. And that's all you need to do. Just take that first step and reach out and ask for help. And we're going to give you a way to do that right now. If we have any questions for you, Dr. Torres, or we're curious about dentistry or anything like that, where can we reach you at? A hundred percent. Reach out to me. You can either reach out to me on Instagram, Dr. Melissa Torres. That's my Instagram handle. You could also reach out to me at my email. It's inquiries at drmelissatorres.com. And this is all going to be in the show notes, folks. You can always reach out to me too. Just ask. You never know what you're going to find out. If you love this episode, share it with a friend and leave eyes up a rating and review. I've been creating this show since 2019 and the ratings are what allow eyes up to continue growing so that I can keep bringing you this revolutionary content. And for a deeper dive into the topics, follow me on Instagram at eyes up pod and email me any and all of your thoughts ask a question, or just say hi to me at eyesuppod at gmail.com. Head up, eyes up, together we rise up. And do you want to say bye together, Dr. Torres? Yes, I love that. (laughs) And until next time, say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. P.S. Go on with your bad self.